of Ayyub for March 9th, 2005. In this house we obey the laws of thermodynamics. Aloha and bonjour. This is Ryan. And mahalo anui loa. Thank you for allowing me into your ears. This is Hawaii Up, show number three, and I'm bursting at the seams. I'm excited about the things I'll be sharing with you today. Uh, first on Hawaii Up, we'll uh, look at what's up. Uh, we'll look at what's going on in Hawaii and what's going on with yours truly. I was thinking that since I have this new passion for podcasting, it'll probably impact my online journaling obsession. So I'll just mix it together and uh, scratch that exhibitionist itch. Uh, audibly, I'll become an autobiopoditionist. Uh, yeah. And then, as you begin to lose consciousness, I'm sure we'll, we'll get to music. And have I got a treat for you? It'll be worth listening to me ramble, I promise. After that, I'll take you out to lunch. Uh, as a friend and I check out a spot downtown, we'll check in with the wife, of course, talk about movies again. And I'll have another audio postcard for you. Then finally, the podcasting talk. Just a little bit of it. It's unavoidable, but trust me, I'll have it out of my system in no time. So, okay, Imua, let's get going. Okay, wow, that was loud. Hawaii up headlines around Hawaii and around the house. What's going on the islands first? Uh, the big news this afternoon was the Akaka Bill in Washington, D.C., the Native Hawaiian Recognition Bill. It would kind of give Native Hawaiians something similar to what a Native Americans have, nation within a nation status, maybe, but it's not set yet. Now, it's been stalled several times, held back by anonymous holds, and all kinds of backroom dealings had to be done. Uh, but it finally might get a chance before the whole Senate. It passed, I think, the Indian Affairs Committee uh, today, and that's never happened before. And it's gotten through the House, on the House side. So if that can happen again, the Akaka Bill just might pass. Now, I'm part Hawaiian, very tiny, tiny, tiny part. My fingernails is, is Native Hawaiian. And so I guess, you know, pretty much real Hawaiians, enlightened Hawaiians, uh, of which I am not one, are largely against the bill. I think part of it is because they feel that it would forfeit any chance they have at securing total or true independence, and I guess it does that. And, of course, on the other side, the opposition is, on the Republican side, all this time has been anything that smacks of race-based entitlements is problematic, and I can see their point of view as well. But there was an apology resolution signed by President Clinton. There is no doubt that the overthrow of the Hawaiian government was a bad thing, and to do it right, I think something like this just has to be passed into law. Um, Keeping in mind that this is a traitorous Hawaiian talking, but I think that this just has to happen. This thing has to be passed. Sign on the dotted line, nail something down, then move forward from there. Uh, the Native Hawaiian community has been flapping in the breeze for so long. For for good reason, there's a lot of disagreement about the direction they want within the community. You can't expect all members of any group to agree. But the longer that you wait and f- argue amongst yourselves, the fewer and fewer Native Hawaiians there will be left when something actually happens where you will need them to guide the new movement to create better opportunities for Native Hawaiians. It certain, certainly shouldn't be left up to people like me, so... The Akako Bill, we'll watch that. I hope it passes. Lord knows what will happen when it gets to President Bush's desk, but I'll be crossing my fingers. Now on the Hawaii Up home front, 
just a few notes on the kids. I have three kids. I have a seven-year-old daughter named Katie. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old son named Zachary. And I have a six-month-old son named Alex. Now, Alex, he is teething. Pretty much enough said there. Lots of drool, lots of gnawing, and lots of sleepless nights. Fortunately, he remains an incredibly quiet kid, almost unnaturally quiet. Uh, the only new development has been that he started clicking his tongue. It's like he's heard so many geckos in this house that he figures that's a perfectly good language to speak. Click, click, click. It's uh, it's, it's actually quite funny. And I've got some video of him, of course, and posted him on his website for the grandparents. Now, Zachary, you heard from him in our last show. And uh, I don't know what language he speaks, but he's very articulate in it. But on a more serious uh, note, of course, that means we do have a few concerns about his speech development, so we've been taking him to some great uh, social services available here in town. I took him a couple of days ago to a hearing test, and it was very, very interesting stuff. Uh, eventually, we were put into what looked like a big, giant walk-in freezer, and they played different tones at different se- uh, frequencies to Zach, and he would indicate if he heard it, push a button, and a toy would come out of a box. Now, he thought he'd figured out the scam and started saying he heard a sound and pushing the button even before the woman there had had played any tones, but fortunately they've seen enough of the little tricks that kids play, and they had him in line pretty quickly, and he was doing quite well. It seems at this point that he does seem to have a dead spot at a certain frequency in one ear. For all I know, it's too much wax, and there's more testing to be done. And the good news is that his fine motor skills are right on target and his social skills are are just great in fact i'd say he's over socialized so we'll definitely be working on his uh, speech at home and go through the rest of the test to see uh, what we can do if there are any problems with katie the big adventure this week has been sex ed now i've wanted to give her the birds and the bees talk since she was five but uh, jen my wife thought that that was a little excessive so We held off until this year. She turned seven, and uh, I started hunting around for good materials. I read a lot of good recommendations online, flipped through a lot of books at the bookstore. You know, some of them were a little too graphic. Uh, One of the main ones recommended, you know, it was written in the 60s or something, and although it covered all the information, the pictures were a little scary. There was a lot more body hair than I thought was necessary. And, of course, you had that whole range of books that talked about marriage and talked about babies but sort of skipped uh, step two there skipped the most important part i came across a book called what's the big secret and it turned out to be just right you know it covered everything from being born and growing up body changes uh, making friends falling in love getting married having sex and then having kids and all of that and the good thing was the problematic chapter the pivotal chapter was just one page right in the middle and uh, just as I expected my daughter ran through the whole book and that didn't trip her up at all Uh, surely after she had finished it and actually read it a few more times she had some mechanical questions but I think I handled those well and she's had a lot of curiosity and definitely the the objective was for her not to be shy or you know really scared by any of this stuff and she definitely isn't we're having great conversations about it so uh, an A plus on uh, childhood development and parental survival there okay enough of that uh, music let's get to music fasten your seatbelt folks it's been a crazy week and I've said since the beginning uh, music licensing copyright all that lawyerly stuff it, it's a nightmare and uh, I don't begrudge artists and labels at least not that much uh, they've got to earn a living uh, 
Napster burned them at least until they got smart and signed up with iTunes. And as far as podcasting is concerned, they don't know what's going on. Heck, uh, a lot of us don't. I don't know what's going on. So uh, I'm not. Sur- I wasn't surprised really when you know last week I started working in earnest to try and find local music to play. And uh, well, I had a lot of good conversations. A lot of the answers came back no. Uh, warm, apologetic, friendly no's. Uh, a promising not yet, but but still no. And it was kind of disheartening. But I didn't give up. And a great conversation sprung up on the mailing list for the Hawaii Association of Podcasters. And uh, after that conversation, definitely hearing the perspective from the artist's point of view, uh, and all the practice from getting rejections earlier, I got better, I guess. Something turned. The the E-Trade winds turned, and uh, Tuesday night, I got my first yes, an unequivocal yes. And the next morning, I got a sounds good, sounds interesting, what do I need to do? Uh, and now, I've got a handful, at least a handful of folks who are at least willing to talk, willing to join this grand experiment. Uh, they want to see, like I want to see, where podcasting will go, and what it'll do for them as creative artists. And, and I do want it to do something for them so uh, for now at least i will have some island tunes to share on hawaii up i should say though um, i love traditional hawaiian music i can imagine you're probably hungry for it uh, but I've always wanted to showcase all the different kinds of music from Hawaii. Uh, I'm sure you're smart enough to know that it's not all Don Ho and Elvis, and uh, you should also know that it's not all Israel Kamakaviva Ole. Uh, I'm thinking punk, ska, emo, or whatever those kids are listening to these days, uh, atmospheric, uh, retro, jellyfish rock. Heck, if it's a violinist with the Honolulu Symphony, if she's got a CD, if, if they've got an MP3, if they say yes, and uh, if you continue to tune in, uh, that's what we'll do. Together, we will explore all sides, all sounds of Hawaii. Now, of course, I couldn't announce this encouraging news. I couldn't kick off what will probably and hopefully be a promising partnership between podcasters and musicians uh, without starting with a distinctly Hawaiian sound. This is Pali, P-A-L-I, led by uh, Pali Ka'aihue. Um, they're a podcast-savvy band. Uh, they just happen to also have a great sound. And this is off their latest CD, In Harmony. Uh, the track is called Island Days, so please enjoy. Man, it's been a long time. Those blue skies 
just beautiful. That was Island Days by Polly. P-A-L-I. They've got a great website at polly.net if you want to find out more. Uh, they've got two CDs out. You can actually get it at Amazon.com. But I was just thinking if you want to support a local operation, and uh, I think you should, you can also head over to melee.com, M-E-L-E.com. Uh, I don't work for them. Uh, there's no official affiliation, but I know Auntie Maria, the wonderful woman who runs the place. And uh, she actually gave me some advice when I was looking for music to play. And she may even be able to help me find more people to feature. So maybe you help her out. Uh, she'll help me out, and I'll help you out. It'll be one big happy zen circle. Now, if there's anything in Hawaii that's as amazing as the music, it's the food. So another idea I'd been itching to try here at Hawaii Up are on-the-spot restaurant chats. I've got a friend or two who share my love of trying random places around town, so I'm hoping to bring you along as we see what's on the menu. Our first excursion is to Good Luck Restaurant for some dim sum. Okay, we're at the Good Luck Restaurant in the Chinese Cultural Center at the corner of Mauna Kea and South Baratania. We were on the hunt for dim sum, one of our favorite foods, and it turns out one of our destinations, the historic Wolf Fat Restaurant in the heart of Chinatown, is actually closed and gone. So we ended up uh, here further Malka, and uh, I, by we, I'm here with my uh, internet alias friend Hocken, who's a expert or at least more of an expert than I am in local food and he has I have to bring him along when I get dim sum because I have no idea how to order this stuff uh, and uh, alright so Hocken, tell us what we have in front of us oh okay let's see we have pork hash which is sumai we have a seafood roll thing with what? That's how we were arguing, right? The bamboo shoot thing? What's it wrapped in? Bamboo shoot. I mean, it's a, it's a thin layer. I don't know what the word is, but it's like how we right? And then that's spinach, yeah. And then that's like um, steamed gauji. I think that's what you call it. The meatballs, the Chinese meatballs, right? That bounces. And then, yeah, the shrimp siumai. And then another um, aburage meat wrap tofu thing. So that was tofu, this one's seafood? Yeah, that's tofu, that's seafood. Okay, yeah. and what, was the, what, what is that thing that you order special every time? Oh, okay, that's the shrimp look fun. Look fun. Yeah, and then there's beef one too. Both of them are steamed. Yeah, because... Um, taro. Yeah. Okay. Fried taro. Fried taro. Yeah. Fried oh no, that's all. No. Yeah. No. Maybe later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They're very good at the suggestive selling. Thank you. It's on your it's on your table before you can say yes or no. Yeah. All right. So this is fried taro, deep fried taro. This is a dessert or what is this? No. That's dim sum. Yeah. This part it's just deep fried. Chinese dim sum places usually. I mean, everything is steamed, and then there's only like a few um, actual fried, deep fried things, because dim sums are mostly steamed. Yeah. In these baskets, and that's these yeah. little baskets. Now, what? Why they're called dim sum? Right. Well, no. No. What is dim sum? Dim sum is like appetizers. But we make a whole meal of nothing but appetizers. Right. right. Yeah. All right. So again, what what what's your favorite places to go? If not this, if not this place, and you don't need to say bad things, but where in Honolulu do you like dim sum? Oh boy, I don't know. I mean, they they, they all the restaurants are basically the same. They're owned by the same core group of people. 
right? They move around like Korean bars. <laughs> no, serious. Like like that wolf fat one used to be the the owner of Sea Fortune, right? And I guess now it's now now they moved to Empress. So now they're where Empress is, right? But Empress has moved down to to China House, I think, <laughs> right? Musical chairs. And then the other Sea Fortune owner actually owns this place. Yeah. So they're all pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah. They they move around for you know I guess look for the the different you know various different location for their restaurant you know yeah, it's a whole feng shui thing right if if, if one place not good then you know you go somewhere else. So now that we're just picking out the scraps, mm-hmm. what did you think? That was good. Yeah. Now. I haven't seen the bill yet, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, that's a good. That was my next question, which is, when you're looking for differentiators to pick dim sum here in Honolulu, uh, you know, you mentioned how owners move around, and one day they're an owner here, and they're an owner at another restaurant the next month. So, what do you want to track? You want to track the owner? You want to track the chef? You want to track the price? You want to track the location? What matters? What would you say are the most important factors when you're picking where you're going to go? Since they taste all about the same, probably the price then location. Yeah. But you. Now, you're Chinese and you're an expert, but you, so and when I say that it all tastes the same to me, that's of course like me. I mean, I think all wines taste the same. I wouldn't know the difference between a $900 bottle of wine and a $30, but you really think that the level of distinction between this t- tarot ball and the tarot ball up the street is negligible? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for most people, yeah. I mean, for me, I'll tolerate it. So, you know, price is right, yeah. Now, we're, if you wanted to make this kind of stuff, apart from having to have these bamboo steamers, um, how hard is it? I mean, we're... we're Very hard, yeah. It's like it's like making sushi, you know. It's a craft that you need yeah, to learn. Yeah, you have to become an apprentice somewhere, and, and you probably need to have some great Chinese dim sum master teach you. <laughs> yeah. So you don't make this at home? No, no. Either you just come out and spend a few dollars. And <laughs> <laughs> it's easier then. Yeah. Well, this was great, and this was a first experiment, and um, I think I've successfully bribed Hakken here uh, to do these podcasting expeditions to restaurants all around town. just happened that this one was Chinese, but there's all kinds of stuff here in Honolulu to explore, and he and I definitely love to eat, so you'll hear more in the future, to be sure. So there you have it, my friend Hakken, a certified Chinese guy, and he says that dim sum is best when it's cheap and close by. And now it's time to check in with the wife, and she's cringing now, but it's time for the Pith of Pop Podcast Edition with Jen. It'll be another movie edition. We had a couple more Netflix flicks. Uh, The first was The Day After Tomorrow with Dennis Quaid, and the second one was Mean Girls. Uh, Jen, what did you think about The Day After Tomorrow? It was okay. There were a lot of natural disaster films that have come out in the last four or five years. And this was better than some of them, and it wasn't as good as others. What are what's your point of reference? What are you comparing it to? Well, I like I despite myself, I liked Armageddon a lot because it had that kind of campy, macho, self-aware fun that this movie was lacking. It kind of took itself a little too seriously. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have the core, which I hated. Hmm. So this one. Could could have been worse, could have been better. What do you think of Dennis Quaid? They could have gotten a better scientist. Dennis Quaid, I like him a lot. I've been a fan of his since the Big Easy, but he just doesn't look like a climatologist. 
And I think they could have done a lot better with somebody who maybe looked better in a suit. Now, you had mentioned that the disaster flick, now there have been so many entries in it, Twister, Armageddon, Deep Impact, that so many other classes of films have had parodies, the scary movie parodies of all horror movies, the Naked Gun and Police Academy parodies of all cop movies. Uh, So what would you say were some of the cliches that you picked out immediately here in The Day After Tomorrow that would be skewered in this parody? The evil bureaucrat, the doe-eyed heroine, the sick kid, the dog. There's a dog in this movie. Yeah, that's right. There's an animal in every movie, and it'll be put in peril, but of course the dog always turns out okay. Right. So if you had to give a star rating to the day after tomorrow, what would you give it? Two. Two. Okay. So far, a two, another two, and a two and a half. Uh, what about Mean Girls? I like Mean Girls a lot. Okay, good. Well, um, what did you like about Mean Girls? Well, actually, to be honest... I didn't think much of Mean Girls before I saw it. I had heard a lot of comparisons to Heather's. And I thought, well, it can't be that much different. It's got a lot of the same elements. But I was pleasantly surprised. It was really sweet. Um, It did have a lot of elements in common. But it was a much lighter, happier, fluffier movie. Yeah, I mean, actually, I'd heard the comparisons to Heather's, and I thought Heather's was a lot darker, and one thing that Mean Girls maintained was kind of a lighter flavor to it. There was more more, more just simple humor to it, something younger kids might have been able to enjoy. You'd have to have a, a kind of a mean streak to like Heather's. Oh, definitely. Now, you had a lot of preconceived notions about Lindsay Lohan, the lead actress in Mean Girls. What, how, how did you think she did? Not bad. She was pretty good. I enjoyed her a lot. She reminds me of Anne Margaret. All right, so giving a star rating to Mean Girls, what would you give it? Four. Four stars? Okay, well, wait, what scale are we working on here? Five. Okay, four out of five. Well, no, four and a half. Four Holy and a half. cow. Well, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting score for that. Four and a half stars out of five for Mean Girls. So that uh, tells you that the Pith of Pop recommends it. Put it in your Netflix queue and enjoy. And hopefully we'll check back with Jen with more uh, judgments on pop culture in the future. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Now it's time for another blank audio postcard. This one coming to you from the tip of Magic Island, a family-friendly green and grassy beach park just eva or west of Waikiki. It's a very windy day, so I'm not sure how much you'll be able to enjoy what I'm hearing. And it's also just started to rain. But still, it's a beautiful day here, and as a wedding party runs for cover... I invite you to enjoy the sounds of Magic Island.
Well, the strong winds mean big waves, and they also mean Kona wind landings, or uh, westbound approaches for Honolulu International Airport. That puts the approach for large jumbo jets pretty much over this beach park. And if you just heard a plane, that was a Hawaiian Airlines jet coming in. But the rain's not letting up, so I need to get out myself. But I hope you enjoy this blank audio postcard. Well, um, finally, I did want to touch on some podcasting stuff. Now, I know for a fact that there's too much podcasting talk in podcasts because even I'm getting tired of hearing it in other shows, uh, as well as getting tired of hearing about Macintosh evangelism, but that's a rant for another time. I did want to share with you, though, a meeting that I had with Todd the Geek at GeekNewsCentral.com. It was great. Uh, I saw his fantastic studio. It's incredible. Uh, we talked about podcasting and fatherhood and life in Hawaii and, of course, his uh, Podcast Connect initiative. Believe it or not, I did a little interview with him, but rookie podcaster mistake. I cleared it out of my voice recorder before I synced it to my computer, so... Uh, I just assure you that everything Todd said was brilliant, and uh, it's everyone's loss and my fault that I don't have that. I should also mention a couple of upcoming events. Next week, uh, Hawaii Public Radio's Town Square Talk Program will cover podcasting. That'll be March 24th, 5 p.m. Hawaii time. And, of course, HPR does post the audio file a few days later for those of you who can't tune in. Also, Roxanne, who you heard in our last show, and her partner Shane are doing a podcasting for business seminar on March 28th, and that'll be over the lunch hour at the UH downtown campus. I'll have the link in this show's notes uh, at hawaiiup.com. Finally, on April 7th, a couple weeks from now, Bob Liu will lead his second podcasting brown bag seminar, this one on making podcasts, and uh, that'll also be at the UH downtown campus. That's right there on Fort Street uh, underneath Pioneer Plaza. So those of you in Hawaii, I hope you'll check some of this stuff out, and uh, there'll definitely be more to come. I guess I could say that uh, <clears throat> those uh, messages were brought to you by the Hawaii Association of Podcasters and this station, uh, or this podcast. I've been wanting to say that. Before I go, I do want to say again, I love to hear from you and want to know what you think and uh, what's on your mind. If something strikes you, uh, fire off an email to comments at hawaiiup.com or call the Hawaii Up listener line at 808-356-0127. That's a free call to you, Kamaina. Uh, tell me what you like, uh, what you don't like, and uh, tell me what you had for lunch. Whatever, just let me know. And we're pretty much pow, finished here today. Thanks to those of you who hung on until the end. I hope you'll stick around and call down our next show for more Hawaiian music, Hawaiian spirit, and uh, an unhealthy helping of me. I'm Ryan, this is Hawaii Up, Mahalo, and uh, Hui Ho. Hui Ho!